Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with our friends at Guinness. I'm Barry Murphy, this is my partner in crime, the Bonnie to my Clyde, the Wren to my Stimpy, the Paddy to my Selma, the... <laughs> I think, there's <laughs> one more. The Sonny to my Cher... The, the Cory to your Topanga. Oh, wow. The Kermode to your Mayo. I don't even know who that is. The Kermode and Mayo, the, the movie review podcast. Not Radio a clue. Five. No, you lost me. <laughs> I keep thinking. It's though. less obscure than Star Wars. Is it? Yeah. No, I don't know it. But look, I, I'm happy to go with it. Fine. Yeah, as long as I come off looking well. The Beavis to my butthead. Nice. Yeah, that makes me butthead. Yes. <laughs> Um, I've been kind of keep thinking of us as like Halloween characters or uh-huh. like costumes. So I keep, that's why I keep thinking like that, mm-hmm. like, that we could potentially dress up as these people next year. That's the way I look at our relationship. Yeah. We've threatened to do it a few times. and Yeah. Uh, we, to my Wayne. Yeah. We went right. as far as the, the wig and then yeah, um, pre-record and then decided, ah. Uh, I was also watching Step Brothers last night uh-huh. and I think we could put in some bunk beds in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so much space for activities. Yeah, we'd have to ask Pat. Pat, yeah, we can put it. Okay, yes. <laughs> we don't need permission from Pat. We'll do what we want. <laughs> it's our house, <laughs> but we can. Yeah, <laughs> class. So, so you say it is. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Uh, okay, welcome to the show. Uh, a lot of rugby to talk about oh, this week. Big action-packed weekend in the Guinness Pro 14. We're going to be looking back at Munster's uh, very impressive victory in Cork against Edinburgh on Friday night. We're going to be looking at uh, the Leinster. Well, it's a huge weekend in general for the Irish uh, provinces. We'll look at the Leinster Ulster and Connacht match. We've got Keith Earls on the show to talk about his eight-minute hat-trick on Friday night. We've got Sene Nuopu, uh, who's going to come on and talk to us about her experience captaining the uh, Irish team. And uh, we're going to look ahead at this weekend's Champions Cup. Uh, but I suppose, first of all, I'd like to take a moment to look at Chris Farrell and his massive impact coming back into the Munster team. The turnovers at the Scarlets, and it was what they did with that turnover ball. I mean, they scored a huge amount of tries off his turnovers in play. Now it's clever, and it's direct, and it may bring another try. Farrell's going for a second of the night, and he gets it. Okay, obviously a very impressive return to play from Chris Farrell this weekend and Munster backs in general putting on a serious show, scoring eight tries between them and uh, Keith Earls, obviously the standout one. So we've got Keith on the line here to talk about his eight-minute hat-trick. Look, we can't uh, but start with your eight-minute hat-trick on Friday night. Robbie Fowler-esque yeah. against Arsenal in 1994, <laughs> who scored, I think, in four and a half minutes. You got eight minutes. Was that uh, something that you were targeting once you got the second one? Were you like, I need to get a, th- a third immediately? In three more minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, as I said, I was delighted to get one try because I was going through a serious drought, but it was great to, to get a hat-trick. It's been 10 years since my last one, um, back in all years for Munster. So, look, it was a good, good first-half performance. I think we were delighted with that more so. Yeah, I was on the field the day you scored that uh, first hat-trick against the Dragons, also in uh, Irish Independent Park. And um, similar to Friday night, I think the players around you probably made it easy for you to to score those tries on uh, back in the day as well, um, me included. Yep. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there was uh, there was one particular try you scored that night that uh, was you know quite a famous try because of a, a particular piece of skill which people, <coughs> you, you basically went down the left-hand side, put a little chip through, and then delicately chipped it up off the ground into his own hands without bending down, basically. What, what a show-off. Oh, look. Now, <laughs> what a yeah, show, I'm, Pony. I'm all, I'm all about the show button. <sighs> I've, like, I know we, we both played quite a high level of uh, soccer in Limerick City, but I, I know that you were a goalkeeper. And that was pretty poxy in my eyes. I don't think you actually meant to no, do that. No, I, I, I played everywhere. That's, Did you? That's the kind of fella I am, yeah. Good. The feel of front and do it all. Okay, so you meant that, basically. Of course I did. 
Okay. I've you, done it many times at training. I thought you were mostly a goalkeeper. Apologies. Didn't you once? No, didn't you once play in goals for, for Nesson's College in hurling? And is this true that you didn't have a hurley, so you used the plank of wood? <laughs> plank, plank of wood from woodwork. <laughs> woodwork shop was at uh, the back of the school. And <laughs> so, <laughs> did you puck the ball out with the plank of wood, or did you I, throw it or what? No, I didn't. There was one of the lads tagging on from the parachute he'd hit some puck out now bear in mind we, we played on a rugby field as well so he, he was scoring points from a puck out <laughs> so I didn't re- I didn't really have much to do just stand over the plank of wood probably look intimidating uh, I'm sure you did uh, you're very good at that um, but back to Friday night uh, I did hear an interview with Andrew Conway before the game where he said that he is he's changing his approach to playing on the wing and he's focusing back on scoring as many tries as he possibly can. Uh, like basically he said that wing forwards poach balls and wingers score tries and that's where my focus is for the future, which I thought was a very uh, cool thing to hear from a Munster back and, and the intent there. Is that something that you've got going on as a back line considering you got eight tries between you on Friday night? Yeah, look, I completely understand where he's come from because I suppose um, a couple of years ago I went the complete opposite. You know, I, I kind of tried to work on my defence. Um, I worked on my defence so much, I probably left my own game behind me, um, which was just getting ball in hand and having a go rather than, rather than uh, just kind of safe every time, just trying to be a defensive player, I suppose, like I've criticised quite a bit when I was, was younger for defensive stuff so that's something I, I worked really hard on and now the last couple of years I've I've, I've been the same as, as as Andrew look I said Joe Joe has changed the game for everyone and Jimmy you know, knows that his wingers were, were hitting rocks now and were counter rocking and you barely have any energy to lift in you to to, to attack and also it's it, it's I suppose finding the the balance so was doing what's right for the team and, and and getting your own few tries or a couple of touches on the ball as well. Rosie, we were uh, we were always the fall guy, weren't we? It was it was either your fault or it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. We had to clean up everything. Yeah, yeah. I we mean, were getting blamed for the scrums one set as well. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I say I probably still got blamed after retiring and all. Still, are you uh, are you getting yeah, better? Are you getting better at um, kind of you know someone as naive and wet behind the ears as Jacob? You're kind of. Um, yeah, yeah, find he, it easy to he shift takes the a lot of the brunt. Yeah, yeah, which is great. But um, yeah, no, it's look, it's it is about finding the balance, and you know, I think everyone's work rate has gone through the roof now, and we're going to really know it's going on turned with you know whether it's covering chip shoes or covering each other's backs, like you know, and you know yourself, it's just it's it's full on for for eighty minutes, but. You know, it's well worth it in the day if you get a good result. Yeah, I'm always interested to hear, having never worked under Joe Schmidt myself, um, it it sounds, you know, we're, we're all gutted to see him go and, uh, and you know, so grateful for what he's given to Irish rugby, but it must be very, very taxing to work in that environment physically. Um, when I hear the training sessions you do and the... And even uh, you know what it, what is expected of you, as you say, as as a back in a game that you're 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 barely any any air left in your lungs to uh, <clears throat> to do what a what a winger should do. But yeah, how have you found that that adjustment to that physical exertion, at training and in games? I'm trying to get me in trouble, Liam. No, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's been so concerning. It's extremely noisy as well. You know, we don't do much much contact. You know, we just try and be be sharp mentally, and you know, we kind of try and work under fatigue, and and make a game game situational. You know, so um, yeah, look, I suppose I have Joe to thank as well for bringing, I suppose, bringing my game to a new level, or, or having, you know, having a good balance between defence and attack, and I suppose getting he gets he gets the most out of us, you know, and. I say that can frustrate at times. Frustrate teams at times, knowing that you know. I think we we don't go away. Uh, Erzy, uh, 
for a while there, I don't know if you're still doing it. For a while, you weren't um, doing any like, lifting any weights in the gym, and uh, it might, that might have been the point where you're obviously always fairly athletic and dynamic, but you look more powerful and more dynamic and more physical than ever. And uh, and you're getting on a bit early, so <laughs> <laughs> it's remarkable how how sharp you look. Um, is that still the same routine in the gym, by the way? Yeah, same routine. I suppose I'm I'm trying to, I'm, I'm like between back issues and knee issues and stuff like that. It, it was quite hard to to lift heavy weights, and I just didn't like feel blown up after after doing weights. And look, I try and do kind of rehab kind of weights now. It's kind of so you do need to, to put on a, a small bit of muscle. Like you know, if, I, if I'm feeling good, I might do do a small bit, but I suppose I've a, a lot in the bank as well from from the from ten years previously as well. It's it's just I, I've, I've learned from Pauline a few delights that so as you said I'm pushing on somewhat now. Um, that feeling good and looking after body is more important than trying to be big or or good in the gym. Man, and just going back to the to the Guinness series and that victory over the All Blacks. Uh, how did it feel for you, uh, having beaten them on Irish soil and, and in front of a home crowd in the Aviva? Yeah, it was great. It was, um, you know, it was a, a massive box ticker for me. I suppose I missed out in, in Chicago through suspension. And the last time I played against New Zealand, it was a, a 16 miller and a four-arm off Jose Gare into the face. So <laughs> it, was, it was good. Um, can we got a win? Yeah, absolutely. Massive box ticked. Where uh, I'm very jealous of the pair of you, anyway, to having done that. Um, and then a great, great weekend for for Monster on Friday night. And uh, how are you gearing up towards next weekend? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I think it was important last week. You know, that you know we we couldn't either way into it. Um, I know the second half was a bit of a struggle, but you know it's important to get the moment I'm going into the the next two weeks. Cast at home and on Sunday, who are top 14 champions, and you know it's going to be a massive challenge. The, the pool is, is 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 wide open as well, you know. So um, look, we love we love Europe in in Tormen Park. So hopefully it'll be uh, it'll be another great day. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. Um, okay, sure. Look, Keith, that's that's great, man. Thanks a million for coming in to Andrew and Barry's House of Rugby. Um, just to finish off with, we put out a poll last night for the Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend. Uh, you were up against the likes of Tom Farrell, John Cooney, Jimmy O'Brien, and uh, you came out on top. So look to go with your huge, uh, growing uh, awards cabinet. You've, <laughs> you've won the prestigious <laughs> Baz and Andrews. Guinness made of more player of the weekend. So we uh, highlight my player. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to give out pillows. We've got little pillows on our couch. So we're going to start giving them out. So yeah, um, apart from that, it's, it's, it's more. It's more of a uh, just a well done. Just yeah. uh, keep up the good work. Yeah, N- nothing yeah. material. Um, <laughs> good man. We're we're very proud of you. Uh, thanks. Thanks a million. All right. Well, look, man. Best of luck next right. weekend, and thanks for taking the time to chat to us. So that was Keith Earls talking about uh, his experience Friday night, his eight-minute hat-trick. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. Did you see to see the Monster Match Friday night? I saw bits of it, yeah. Some big performances. Yeah. Um, it's looking pretty ominous for um, anybody who plays against Monster at the minute because they're getting a lot of momentum. Farrell's back. Blendall's back. Earlsy's playing really well. Uh, Marie's back. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're going unbelievably well at the minute. That's a decent Edinburgh outfit as well. Um, yeah. They started the season really well and uh, they've been a little bit up and down, but they are capable of big performances and they just got just got outclassed. I think. Yeah, didn't they? yeah, yeah. They did. They have soft enough team out. Like, but I think uh, I think Munster just as you said, they're they're on a roll at the moment. Uh, they're scoring tries for fun. I did think Chris Farrell was a massive. Um, massive bonus to get him back on the pitch he's like the Sonny Bill Williams of the Irish rugby scene at the moment I just his ability to, to move at that at pace even though he's 18 stone his offloading his lines are running um, you know he created two 
brilliant tries, scored two brilliant tries. Um, and he's just a weapon that Munster haven't had in a, in a long time. Yeah, first um, game back as well. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, very impressive getting straight back. Yeah, for for you know, a long time out. I think he's eight nine months out at the at this point. Um, and yeah, great to get Murray back. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Controlled the game mm. incredibly well in the first half. Everything he seemed to touch was gold. Um, and even what he early pointed uh, out there, how the second half was a little bit. Um, they might have been disappointed with because they didn't score as many tries. But what stood out to me was their defence in the second half was unbelievable. Like mm. there was, and I don't think anyone was pointing it out. It was a lot of criticism online saying, you know, they need to kick on a gear. But they were happy enough to let Edinburgh have the ball. And they, they were, like at one point they drove them back 40 metres uh-huh. off phase play, just tit for tat, just getting off the line, eating up like 10, 15 metres at a time on line speed alone. And... Uh, yeah, I just think the intent there for Munster is, is pretty spot on at the moment. Um, and yeah, with the kind of attitude that I said that Conway is taking to wanting to score tries. Yeah. I, think. I think that's an unusual thing to say that uh, wingers score tries and I just want to sc- want to score. Because it's kind of, I think I, I'm, I would imagine Joe would argue that, that sc- the scoring of the tries is the outcome mm. rather than like the traditional the setup in Ireland with Joe and that environment is you look after the process you do all those uh, little con- contributions to your performance well you carry well you look after the ball you use your footwork you, defend, you know all that kind of stuff mm. but the, the try scoring is I don't think Joe would have the same sort of mindset I don't think Joe but yeah. it's, it's, an, it's a strange, strange one it, is. it really took me <coughs> back but, but I, I, it, it's obviously where he said I want to score more tries and immediately goes and scores more tries exactly so yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to knock that's why I think <coughs> I, I, it stuck with me so much because it was the intent I think that yeah. Munster have, have maybe lacked a little bit in the last um, in the last few months even though they're winning it was just that kind of intent yeah. to go out and, and score tries and, and play from anywhere which they, they did on, on Friday night yeah. so Look, if that's what he needs to get into that. I mean, yeah. Conway's such a workhorse anyway. And you saw it last week against the US as well, that you know he's gone out with that attitude for, for Ireland as well. Yeah. So, look, whatever gets you gets you riled up yeah. with a play like that, then exactly. more power to well, he's seeing He's seeing Stockdale go out, um, scoring tries left, right and centre. There you go, yeah. And probably thinks, I would, I would like to do that. Hmm. I would like to do what he's doing. Yeah, well, I'd happily have him on my team anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll we'll look. We'll get to the uh, to the other provinces later on. We'll be talking about Leinster and how their uh, young players just keep showing up. Leinster no schools. Leinster schools had a great Leicester win. Schools, on the Dragons, yeah, didn't they? fifty points on the Dragons. <laughs> yeah. or the Michaels team, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be looking at Connacht. Another huge win for them. Uh, two week week wins in a row over in South Africa, and we'll also be looking at a big win for Ulster against Cardiff. But first of all, we've got Sene Nuopu, who's come all the way up from Galway to chat to us this morning. Recently captained the Irish team against England, and we're delighted to have her on the show today. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Sene, welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby uh, here on Joe, together with Guinness. Uh, Thanks I just very like, much for having me. No Thank worries, you. we're delighted to have you here. I'd just like to start by saying um, I love hearing stories about people when they when they go down a certain path and when something works out for them and I I actually write a lot of songs about this kind of idea where if a door opens for someone if they they believe it in their mind and they go with their heart and they follow something and then it works out and where that path leads them and I listening to your story and reading about it and how you came here supporting your husband George and his uh, dream to play for Connacht and and it it seemed that you were there supporting him it was his dream and then for I suppose seven years later to work out that you captained the Irish team against England last week I just think that is an incredible story how does it feel for you to to achieve that Oh, jeez, thank you very much. Gosh, and you guys are doing fantastic work yourselves. Thank you. Um, Yeah, sure, it was, um, uh, yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far, and um, sure, we're still chipping away at things, and um, yeah, no, it was a a massive honour to to captain uh, Ireland against England and took him last week. So, um, like, in terms of that particular process, it was, um, 
you know, we've met some incredible people around the world and um, especially here in Ireland and we've, we've come to really fall in love with Ireland and its people and culture and traditions and, um, you know, certainly it's uh, something that we, you know, wanted to stay part of and and, and obviously George retired last year after his uh, season with Harlequins after Connacht and, um, you know, we've, we've come and moved to Dublin and certainly, you know, just love being in Ireland um, and obviously obviously still connected um, with home back in New Zealand. But, um, yeah, we just love Ireland. Yeah, and was that ever on the cards for you when you moved here first? Did you think oh, I could there could be a, a path for me to play for... Did you quietly for think it, but... These questions from Andrew. Um, um, I... Growing up in New Zealand, I was always very sporty from a really young age. So, you know, I was always ever going to do something in sport. And you played a um, bit of basketball, is that right? Uh, yeah, a little bit of basketball. <laughs> Done a bit um, of research. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I love basketball. Was my first sport, um, and then um, sort of oh, I played loads of different sports. You know, um, softball, cricket, loads of different activities and sports in the backyard. Um, but um, so so when I had uh, you know met George and moved overseas, I was always you know kept active and I, I'm quite a people person, so I I often want to go out and do different things and meet new people. So when we came to Ireland, um, my first club was Weegans, and I just went out there to meet people outside of the partners circle, um, and they're fantastic. Like I love the you know wives and, and partners of the yeah. players, um, but certainly it was great to sort of just meet other <clears throat> people in, in sport. So Weegans was my first club team for that first six months in 2009, um, and then went to Japan, came back. Um, thankfully, thanks to um, Eric Elwood and Tim Allnight and Jerry Kelly was the CEO at the time for Connacht Rugby. Um, we were on a two-year gig in Kobe and um, uh, it worked out that um, we wanted to come back to Connacht and they wanted him, so it was a win-win and um, an amazing time in Japan. Certainly, we loved it, uh, but really grateful to come back to, to Ireland in 20, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was then that... Um, you know, George was playing really well and um, delighted for him and, and our family back home. And um, so after his uh, second year gig, when he re-signed, that's when I when I knew that um, there was an opportunity to settle here and for me to pursue that goal of becoming an international athlete. So, um, yeah, certainly I, I probably, like you're saying, Angie, like deep down I, I had a bit mm. of self-belief that um, I, I wasn't done. I had a, you know unfinished business and, and I grew up in a, you know, the youngest of four and always been so active and wanting to do well, um, you know, and just having an amazing supportive family. So when we went overseas, <laughs> it was almost, um, you know, a real opportunity to, to do something different and I'm just really fortunate that my, my family and my mum especially, um, single mum of four of us, um, mm. I was just really lucky that she was really supportive of what I wanted to do um, because traditionally it's not common for, you know, Pacific Island girls to go out and do their, do their yeah, thing, but she's have. just, she's amazing and she just sort of encourages me to do um, what I believe in and um, certainly, you know, um, it's been a really uh, humbling year and oh. uh, playing touch as well, so... Um, that was my goal to represent Ireland in three different sports. So, um, yeah, very fortunate. And what way? What way would it be then with with you and George? Um, like, would you, would you be chatting rugby much? Would you be like critiquing his game? He'd be critiquing your game because because <laughs> my, my wife said to me last night. So last week we did. Uh, Obviously, generally kind of rugby chat, but then we threw in this um, st- Star Wars analogy that went on, and it was brilliant, and we loved it. And then we were sort of saying, uh, and my, my wife then said to me the other night, she goes, Andrew, listen to that last episode, and I don't really like rugby, and I don't like Star Wars, so it's really not my thing. <laughs> so, anyway, so, um, yeah, so anyway, we would never talk about rugby. And the thought of kind of sitting down, uh, like, what's that? Mm. Would you would you be um, honest with each other? Would you be saying, listen, <laughs> what you did there was not acceptable, George? Um, I'm terrible, and everyone knows that I'm terrible. And George and I have different personalities, um, which is pro- probably why we we, get, we work so well. Yeah, um, I'm brutally honest, oh, in, yeah. a, in a nice way though. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's brutally honest in his own way. Uh-huh. Um, and I suppose you know um, part of it is to help each other be better, and yeah, and just me in general, like my passion is to get the best out of others and that's why it was such a humbling experience to captain and to be in a position that you can you know impart some influence from you know some different experiences around the world and with 20 over 20 teams that I've been a part of throughout the last sort of almost 20 years you know over 20 years of playing rugby mm-hmm. um, but um, certainly George and I um, 
uh, we have a mutual respect for, for what we do and um, our conversations are based on making each other better. Yeah, well. um, and so, especially when George is playing, um, uh, and even now, um, in his teaching in Gonzaga, and he's just loving it, loving coaching and things like that. So, certainly the conversations in the household are, are, are rugby orientated uh-huh. sometimes, not, not all the time, but um, we just know when to talk about it, when not to. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll know when uh, I didn't have a good game. I'll know myself if you know if you didn't you know do as as well as you you knew you could have. Or... Yeah, and don't bring it up then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he'll, he'll look at me and then yeah, he knows not to. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> or like vice versa, and then I'll give it like he'll give me a day and then we'll chat about it. But um, I'll give him like an hour or something. <laughs> <laughs> Drag it out of him. Yeah, yeah. And when you were growing up as a teenager, then was it the Black Ferns that were they? Was that the dream for you to to represent New Zealand um, at senior level? It, um, well, I was on a basketball sort of first um, and then transferred to, to rugby. Um, but certainly at the time, yeah, I was sort of focused on our provincial team, which was Otago Spirit at the time, and, um, you know, went to some trials and stuff with Blackfern. So it, it was um, it was up there. Um, uh, but, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world now. It's been one of the best um, experiences and highlights of my life to represent Ireland and... You know, it's um, a country I feel very passionate for. And, and even growing up in a small town, I'm from a small town on Maroon, north of Otago in New Zealand, in the South Island. And, um, you know, we there's not there's not much... Well, it's growing now, obviously. The community is fantastic. But um, some friends of ours uh, had an Irish pub in the corner. It was Annie Flanagan's at the time. And, no you know, growing up, we're a very musical family, actually. Okay. Yeah, our family's quite musical. No and um, so we'd have instruments in the house, yeah. for example. One of our rooms would have, like, drum kit and guitars and, and keyboard and things like that. So what, and a piano. Uh, a little bit of a piano. And oh, guitar. yeah? Yeah, and George is very musical. He plays guitar and oh, piano. Wow. So we jam as well in between. Oh, like, you know, you. Brilliant. Friends That's come your break over from talking about rugby jam. Yeah, totally. Class. He'll just grab. Like, we've got a few guitars in the lounge, so he'll just grab it. When he doesn't wow. want to talk to me, <laughs> he would just uh, plug away. So um, he's re- he's a big fan of um, the Greatest Show. I'm not sure. If oh yeah. So yeah, he's been uh, practicing all the songs for on the picking of yeah. the guitar. So my brother, like our family, is very musical. So anyway, we grew up. Um, you know, the odd weekend, my brother will be jamming with his um, band at the Irish at pub. The Irish pub. So yeah. yeah, and so there's um, always been a connection there, I suppose, for you. I really think so. Yeah. I really do. And I remember George had. Uh, um, we needed six months to, you know, tie us over before Japan. And I remember the agent um, at the time, the Century Group, Simon Porter at the time, was like, oh, you know, he's kind of is, uh, in the Galway. And I was like, is that Ireland? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, gosh, you should do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Like, as in, you know, like, um, yeah, so it's uh, funny how things work out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I yeah. think, um, and like from your Samoan background as well, there'd be, I suppose, a similar culture, would there, between, you know, the Irish we're very family orientated as well. We're very steeped in our own <coughs> language. And I know you've come over here and you've you've thrown your hand at at the Irish language as well. I've seen on on oh, Instagram I'm and Twitter. To. I'm yeah. trying to. I'm still trying to um, pronounce it. Uh, yeah. I'm better. To, I'm better writing it. Okay. So it's just more practice. It's uh, great. It's inspiring yeah. for even for us, like watching someone come over and and immersing themselves in in our culture. I wish my Irish or my Gaelic was better. How's yours? Of, of Far below average. <laughs> but you guys are incredible. Like the, I am so inspired by my teammates, even and um, good few of the girls speak Irish. There's a couple of Irish teachers in there. Emma Considine is, you know, like in terms of that culture's yeah. already there. So oh, she's helping you out. Oh yeah, absolutely. The environment is just. The girls are amazing, and it's a shame, uh, you know, not many people get to see just how talented the girls are off mm-hmm. the pitch as well as on the pitch. They yeah. obviously are, but um, yeah, certainly it's. Um, it's just a great environment to be around, yeah. and um, the dedication has always, you know, blown my mind with the with the ladies rugby teams. Um, you know, I played with UL Bohemians for all my life, so that was where I think Irish rugby really kicked off. In in my opinion, anyway, back in the late nineties and two thousands, we had we still do have such a, a huge part of the the international team. But you know, it reminds me a lot of the GA teams where they make such commitments to travelling up and down like you I know you travel from Galway to Dublin for playing with Leinster for a long time they need to train and a lot of the Bowls players would have travelled down from Dublin Tuesday, Thursday nights and work full time jobs and then try and get time off work to travel and play internationally and it's mm. uh, 
it's mind blowing how how much commitment they have, and you know, without ever putting their hand out or anything like that, and and the standard is so high now. It's it's brilliant, and I think the the standard is growing internationally though, right? Uh, it's becoming yet a, t- a tough uh, international series in yeah. in November. Ah, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely, and. Um you, you did right, and thanks for acknowledging that because uh, the girls are absolutely unbelievable. And sure, like I'm embarrassed to even sit here. We've got like doctors and teachers and nurses with incredible, talented, you know, incredibly talented girls on the team. And Kira Griffin, the captain for our captain for Ireland, is um, a teacher as well. And um, you know, just the dedication and as you say, the travel is is something um, to be really, you know, motivated and inspired from. And um, it's funny. Um, when I was in Galway, when you mentioned, you know, did I think I could do it? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, bless George, he was very good because uh, I, I hadn't qualified for Ireland at the time. But um, I remember driving to, to Dublin from Galway like two, three times a week to go and train knowing I couldn't play. Yeah. But um, now I see, uh, until I qualified, and so a couple yeah. of years Is the later, qualification the same as the, the men's? Is it three uh, years or? It was, yeah, three, three six years, months okay. at the time. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and five years, uh, you'd need a passport for the uh, Olympic qualification. But um, in terms of um, some of the girls doing it now, or some of the younger girls, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, experience that level of um, commitment when you, didn't know there was a guarantee, you know, yeah. of getting something at the end. But certainly, it's um, it's it stood to me when you know some of the younger girls who are doing fantastic and they're travelling from different areas and they get tired and they think they think. But um, you know, having had done that for a couple of years myself, it's it's great to just remind them that you know at the end of the day, um, you know, stay focused on what they want to achieve if it's with Ireland. Yeah, that's what it would take. And so bring it through some. You know, a lot of fresh faces and new caps this uh, this autumn. Uh, Ellen Murphy, Lauren Delaney, uh, Julia Short, Julia Short, and Bevan Parsons. Is Bevan Parsons sixteen years of age? Is that she's actually just turned seventeen? <laughs> so yeah, so it's um, uh, what a fantastic opportunity for Bevan. She was absolutely outstanding in the under 18s um, interpose for Connacht. Yeah, um, and certainly has you know been training super well with us girls and just fits and you know. Uh, seamlessly and um, it's, it's such a great experience for her and, and it's worked out well that um, you know by the time Six Nations comes up and you know pending the whole squad selection and things like that um, you know it's uh, she'll be 17 at that stage and mm. um, yeah it was exciting to have someone of her uh, talent um, let alone her age in, in the yeah, team yeah incredible um, that's probably the youngest of record is it yeah yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Quoting this record. Another it's record sure in about. Irish rugby, for sh- certainly, in terms of 16, having it played. Yeah, I've never read the likes of that. For a senior team. Um, but yeah, the other girls as well were, were fantastic. There were six new caps. Yeah. Um, and uh, delighted for them. And uh, um, Ellen is from my club as well, Belvedere. Um, yeah, and uh, Juliet Short is a, a good few of the girls. Leinster, M. Huben. Um, yeah, good, good few of those girls. So it's super in yeah. the campaign. So good squad building towards towards the Six Nations in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. And sure, that last game against um, England was, um, you know, there were some outstanding performances, patches in that match that were, um, you know, um, some form that we needed from the girls. And the score didn't reflect the, uh, you know, the, the effort yeah. and and, um, and performance from us, but um, you know the only I suppose pleasant thing was is that at least they scored on the outside and not through us. So mm-hmm. it was a really good you know foundation to build into uh, 2019 yeah. Six Nations. Yeah, and the sevens going really strong as well. Sevens, uh, are, sevens have been flying at haven't yeah. they? Certainly, uh, yeah, certainly uh, positive um, positive steps and um, that uh, you know training together and being in that professional environment is, is helping the girls and I um, I met with uh, Lucy Mulhall um, hopefully you get her on her show sometime soon uh, but she, she's been yeah. excellent you know skipper for so many years in the last few years and um, um, yeah we were chatting before they went away to Dubai and um, um, yeah they were really looking forward to it and you know feel like they're coming together really really well and I suppose in the last few years it's it's come together this this season so certainly would would really hope that they um stay on target for their Olympic qualification as well yeah um, certainly one eye on the Olympics yeah for for Ireland you know our, our Olympic hopes are we're always optimistic but we they're few and far between often so um I think rugby could be something that we could really take a 
take a hold of in the in the coming Olympics. It'd be great to see to see the ladies team lead that up. Mm. Um, we could do with the medals. <laughs> Not getting ahead. Yeah. Of <laughs> no, no pressure. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah no. They, but geez, there's some. It's it's amazing because um, like I know I wasn't born in Ireland, but so, um, I love your humility, and at the same time, it's like just getting that self belief out of the yeah, girls yeah. is the other is the you know the the next sort of step. Because gosh, there's some. Supreme athletes in Ireland and that GAA, you know, that DNA and, and mm. how athletic and just... Um, I mean, is that something you've noticed, how we kind of we make jokes of ourselves or we sort of, we don't get ahead of ourselves or we're, maybe it's we're so concerned about getting slagged <laughs> by the rest <laughs> yeah. of the rest oh, of I beat you to it and slag yeah, myself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a disclaimer slag, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But is that something you, you've noticed then, that, that Irish culture, is that... Because um, it's it's strange, especially with the national the, with the with the lads going so well at the minute, and just you know they could argue that they're the best team in the world at the minute, but certainly they would never come out with anything like that. And that humility is something that's so typical of, of us, isn't it? Ah, yeah, and it's what makes it special as well. What's make, it's what makes Ireland special, and um, would be very similar as well in New Zealand and, and I'm in just the realizing I'm kind of contrary. I'm saying I'm proud of how humble we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we are, best, we are the world's most humble people. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that doesn't really that doesn't really make Mind sense. Blown. I've yeah. just I've just outdone it anyway. That was yeah. the, the wrong argument, but that that's similar to the kind of culture you're used to then. Ah, uh, yeah, and would be would be similar in terms of you know, um, you'd be brought down very quickly when you you know if mm. you'd said something like that. But um, certainly, what's what makes us special. Um, but at the same time, in terms of that self belief and performing for your team and your country, that's mm. that's something that's a different um, you know accessing that in a, in a different way is, is quite different to that um, that culture of humility, which is is really important. Um, yeah, so just uh, reminding the girls how. How fantastic they are, and then when they perform and express themselves, then they can be humble again mm. <laughs> about yeah, yeah. it. Well, it is. It's great to have to have some like you within the ranks of the Irish team and bringing that belief and that. Um, and George, for that matter, with Gonzaga, is it Gonzaga? He's, he's coaching. Um, you know, to have mm. him with, with that influence in there. And I know you say you're both very different, so I presume you're the extrovert and he's the introvert. Would that be Would that be right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, prob- kind of. probably. Um, I've seen. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but your I think it might be your first dance video is on YouTube. Oh, God. and he looks really like he's <laughs> very introverted in this, when, especially when he's doing the worm on the ground. <laughs> he's doing the worm and he's break dancing. And oh, it's, that's a, it's pretty funny. It's, it's class. I think that's a, that was a. Oh God, I haven't seen that one. Actually, oh, have I seen it? Um, that's a, that How would many be. Times a, have you got married? <laughs> that would be um, traditional uh, Samoa Siva. Was it a we- was it a wedding? Was yeah, wedding? yeah, yeah. So that's a. Um, you know, we're both Samoan, obviously. Yeah. First generation New Zealand-born Samoan. So that was our Siva Samoa. That one, it must have been. And yeah, it's yeah. just dancing, and it's like so different to an Irish wedding, but so the same as well. It's mm. like uh, I just thought it was brilliant to watch the the two e just pretty much break dancing for your first <laughs> dance, and everyone around okay. you dancing. And um, so look it up. Very cool. We'll, we'll put Check a link this out. Oh, yeah, it's God. all there. It's oh, like got um, some of your tries on YouTube, and then this one's like second one down, and, <laughs> and you're dancing. So you love um, a dance, obviously. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to check out your videos too, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Not, yeah, no dancing. You'll never find me dancing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's um, yeah. I, I suppose you know you play sport and um, you're uh, performing for your country and and your teammates and things like that, and certainly. Um, you know, you're actually a performer, like in terms yeah. of yeah. Mm. So I, I, yeah, I don't mind uh, the old dance. George is actually a very good dancer. Um, he might he might show his dance moves at the uh, Wicklow Rugby Club. He coaches Wicklow as well. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and teaches at Gonzaga. So um, yeah, and I certainly would both sort of, uh, you know, enjoy dance. Yeah, the old oh, that's dance. Great. That's great. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Best of luck for the Six Nations, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, I think I think Tad Furlong's been outstanding. <laughs> yeah. I think Tad. Tad how do you Tad. say it? I don't, we don't know how to say it up north either. 
to be fair. <laughs> but we I call him Tad. We know he's like... Yeah, it's Tag. 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 Apologies. This is really bad for me at the Irish. Should we do this very long? We'll do take two. And we'll actually leave one in as well. Tag. 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 Or Tad. But for England, I think Wilson has probably been... Very good, yes. ...my sort of stand out for what they've done oh, he's, he's had huge shoes to fill no one really expected much of him I think he's delivered above and beyond I thought Carl Sinclair was very good for England as well um, but yeah it's a big one uh, and then Tad Wilson uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go Furlong because I love the Irish good well done you I think you're digging yourself out of a very deep hole Tad Furlong for Tins it's only at 50 metres now it's a mile <laughs> okay welcome to the rugby roundup and well Tad Furlong, uh, building bridges with Mike Tyndall, and he balls it as it up. He did, yeah. He, he tried to give us uh, a balanced explanation why he was being critical of Irish rugby, and he just ended up being more critical and more disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was a strange one, yeah. The Tad Furlong. Tad. Yeah. You didn't help him out, really, did you? Um, how did you? Uh, he said. He said Tad, and I went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you off, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> digging that hole. Yeah, you're on your own, mate. Yeah. Well, how did you find the the show? I thought it was great. Really enjoyed it. Again, look, you and Alex have got obviously built a little bit of a rapport. Yeah. Which uh, I think he's is great. a gent, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah. Alex, really great in, fella. His voice is very smoothing. Yeah, Tyndall, nice fella too. I ju- I, can't, I thought that um, the like culturally maybe it was slightly different to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, by slightly different I mean like completely <laughs> <laughs> completely different yeah. um, uh, so there were there were quite a lot of uh, old school like stories about guys getting drunk and uh, knocking each other out in, in bars and uh, it's not it's it's quite a far cry from Star Wars analogies <laughs> for me um, but uh, I, I would have hated to have played in that kind of environment with a hierarchy and all the tough guys at the back of the bus just knocking all the kids out. Like it's yeah, 2018. The Gusket story about him, yeah, not talking to anyone until they reached a certain amount of caps or something yeah. like that. But why don't why don't you just talk to people that you like and find interesting? Yeah, and then you know, regardless of how many caps they have, yeah, why don't you just you know like them for who they are? <laughs> <laughs> Call me old fashioned, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I d- it didn't really happen. And uh, there was obviously uh, you had to earn certain players' respect and stuff like that, didn't you? When when we first started out, I think it's a, it came from even schools or underage club rugby. I had to, if you were going up to a team above you or anything, that if you were a younger player, it was always like you said. I think on the show you made a good point where certain players just know that mm-hmm. when they come in and they're young, they they keep quiet for a while yeah. and. Certain players probably should keep quiet yeah. and they don't. Yeah. Um, so there is that balance that you find. But uh. I think yeah, I think a lot of pe- a lot of kids that are maybe uh, yeah a little bit little bit chirpy coming in. They probably could do with a slight more of an emphasis on that type of environment. But um, for the for the kids that are shy and they know that let's just stay quiet for a little while, then that kind of environment will just make that more difficult for them to kind of find their feet and be themselves and. Ultimately, that's what you, is that not the sort of environment you want to mm. um, create in a rugby team? Just kind of mm. mates and everybody's on the same level together. Everybody works as hard for each other. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's we, the way I see it anyway. We had a brilliant <coughs> one. Um, it was a, a day out we had, let's call it, a squad <laughs> yeah. day out where we went out and had the crack and we were on, on a bus and we, there was about 40 of us on at the whole from the like development up to the to the senior players and we went out in a bus and we were stopped off for a, a drink halfway and when we went to leave an hour later all the young players had uh, safety belted themselves into the back row of the bus which was <laughs> where all the, the the hard old school boys usually yeah. sit so it was like Connor Murray, Peter Manny, Earlsey, Dave Foley, Tommy O'Donnell, Mike Sherry and uh-huh. it was brilliant so they they put on their safety belts and they had megaphones <laughs> and they had signs like as if they were a union and it was like, hell no, we won't go. And they were trying to change the, you know, out with the old in with the new. And yeah. um, the bus started and we just took off driving and it was a little bit awkward to kind of get them out. And uh, Paulie was the captain at the time and he was like, Asher, look, 
give them their moment. So we all just kind of sat down and then they started getting ahead of themselves and started uh-huh. kind of singing songs and how they're all getting so old <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I remember we got at the front of the bus and uh, they, we were just laughing at them and Dougie, who's, you know, the nicest guy in the world, probably just such a gentleman, but you don't cross him. Like he, uh-huh. uh, he turned to Paulie and he said, uh, wouldn't happen on my watch, mate. Um, and we challenged him. Yeah, he's like, you know, it's like you come home and uh, there's some guy sitting on your couch, <laughs> drinking your beer, watching your telly, chatting up your missus. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, it's not that similar. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. Yeah. And you could just see the red mist descending over Polly's eyes. Is this Polly pre kids or post kids? This is probably 2009, I'd say. So how old is. Because he said, I think that the red mist wouldn't have happened as quickly post okay. kids. Oh no, it, it happened. Was, that was my impression. Instantly. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. And uh, he just gathered like Tony Buckley, Mushy, and uh, Mick O'Driscoll and John Hayes. Forget it. Just bring Mushy. Just bring Mushy. Yeah. <laughs> the enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wrestler if you want one. Um, and he just went back and let's just say they moved. Yeah. Actually, before that, Paulie turned and he goes, Right. And he turned away and then he turned back to me and he took his front teeth out and he handed me his teeth. <laughs> and he was like, hold on to them a second, kid. And then <laughs> they went back and yeah, they they moved them, let's say. So that was your big part to play, was it? Yeah, yeah. Your big tough guy <laughs> holding O'Connell's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone had to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You were like mates with serpent, the ki- yeah, serpent. Yeah, you, you were background. mates with the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're that annoying little fella that hangs out with the hard guys in school. If you're gonna get into a fight, I'll hold your teeth <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, the story is massively backfired. <laughs> I actually put them in my mouth. Oh, I've got Paul Collins' teeth in. Anyway. Oh, sorry. So, uh, I suppose we get back to some rugby. Yeah, where were we? Yeah. Let's get this finished off. Uh, <laughs> get out for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some love for Connacht, I think, is very much needed after their two big wins over in South Africa this week. Uh, did you catch the game on Sunday? It was Saturday. I saw bits of it. Yeah, saw uh-huh. the highlights last night. Yeah, obviously, Cheetahs is... Uh, Southern Kings uh, typically everybody goes to Southern Kings and wins but um, Cheetahs is a decent win not quite as good as they were last season but um, still going up there and playing a decent bit of rugby scoring a few tries I thought they looked fairly sharp mm-hmm. yeah they're in a good position um, at the moment and, and it's great you know all the provinces you know sitting quite comfortably um, it's just again highlights how strong the Irish <coughs> rugby scene is at the moment and mm-hmm. the style that we're playing uh, Leinster on Saturday I went out and absolutely hockey the dragons. That's not fair. Those kids, they don't know they're living. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've I've been beat at uh, Rodney Parade. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's really, yeah, you said honestly, that before, yeah. Yeah, and it's just they just go over there like it's nothing. Yeah. Again when you when we talk about like players having to earn respect and coming out of school and having to you know, the hierarchy and stuff, but these guys are coming out of school at eighteen, nineteen years of age mm. and, and it seems that they're just seamlessly moving into position and it's it doesn't matter who's on the field for Lens at the moment they're still go through the exact same processes and um, can still put the same patterns of play together and um, yeah. just take apart any team yeah um, they're, just, they're a product of their environment aren't they they've got like um, Frawley Kieran Frawley's just looking up to mm. Ross Byrne and Johnny Sexton and he's saying okay well that's the way I'm going so that's the the guy who I'm looking up to, I'm trying to emulate that, and they're probably following the footsteps of of them. Uh, your man Hugo Keenan's probably just looking at Carney and saying, right, well, that's what I'm going to be like, and they just they just slot into that environment. It's it's really really impressive, and it doesn't bode re- bode well for the other provinces. It There's doesn't. so much potential as well as like obviously being probably the best team in Europe. In Europe, they're they're top tier. And even when they go down, they get two, couple, two or three injuries, young guys coming in, no problem. They're mm. coping with it really well. So it's ominous for uh, every other club around, I mm. think. And Scott uh, Penny again, <coughs> getting on the score sheet. Looks like just a natural seven who's been yeah. playing at this level for years. Mm-hmm. He's doing all the right things. He said Ross Byrne, I thought his kicking game was incredible. I think he had 
two kicks for tries anyway and he, um, another few really important uh, kicks for position. Um, <clears throat> O'Brien, the two O'Briens in the in the centre, Dave O'Brien uh, uh, 12, I just think he's exceptional at yeah. the moment. And he's a different type of player to uh-huh. um, to Henshaw and to Ringrose. So it's not like they're turning out the same player or the same yeah. habits. They're, they're different types of players and then the front row they just keep bringing on like this <laughs> burn after burn at this stage it's just Dave Byrne uh, they're, they're they're built so well they're built it's like they come out of school just built to be an international prop um, yeah it's uh, it's it's incredible and for, <coughs> then you've got guys like Scott Fardy who was man of the match and an experienced guy like that leading the way um, but you were you were working for the Ulster game were you? I was yeah um, Ulster got the job done they it was fairly physical. It was it was a little bit greasy, so it was quite quite direct. A lot of big hits, um, a lot of big collisions, um, uh, a lot of kicking actually, a lot of high, high ball reception, a lot of box kicks, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Cardiff actually, I thought did really well for long periods, and then Ulster just got purple patch in the second half and kind of upped the ante a little bit. Uh, scored a couple of penalties uh, when they had a man in the bin. They just got the job done. I, mm. I so I picked um, Cooney as man of the match, and then I was chatting a couple of supporters afterwards, and they were like, "Who on earth <laughs> picked Cooney?" And I was, I was, I, I wanted to deny it, but I came clean. I actually thought he went really well yeah. and because there was so much kicking. His kicking was brilliant, and he, yeah, he would have been Mike Holly controlled the game. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was good. I suppose they were probably thinking the mall and the scrum uh, were fairly dominant for Ulster, and they won the games, won the game for them. Uh, so they were probably thinking you have to give it to a forward really mm. um, but the, although the forwards played well there was no one stand out for me Cooney I thought was, was just back to the way he's been for Ulster and he's struggling with a shoulder injury as well at the minute so yeah he's gone he's gone really well and then he did his 30 second long handshake after I the game <laughs> brilliant yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah. it was like I think you pointed out that it was like Banzai. Yeah, <laughs> Banzai. <laughs> that should be his thing now. He should just do that. Yeah. Every time he's man of match, just yeah. keep shaking hands. But I think you're right. I thought they, uh, I thought it was a tough, tough game. Cardiff are a solid team and they've been going really well. And uh, they looked very dangerous. Ulster had to manage them for the first half and did very well and, and got away with a, with a great try. Is it Turnbull that scored, scored the try, is it? Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think they, you know, Dan McFarlane making some good selection decisions as well, having Stockdale off the bench, Rory Best. The two of them came off the bench, Rory got a turnover, and then Jacob got a turnover right at the end. Yeah. Effectively kind of closed the game out. Johnny McPhillips came, up, came on, and he's a guy I don't think he's got as much joy as he could have. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, Billy Burns gone great. Um, I must say now just uh, Johnny last year I thought he was one of the guys because Ulster had such a tough season last year uh, he was one of the ones kind of digging in and getting the job done and he was one of the reasons why Ulster finished the season so strongly last year so it'd be nice to see him get a couple of um, opportunities he's a talented boy yeah yeah I thought he closed out the game really well with a few uh, few big kicks um, so looking ahead to the Champions Cup this weekend Ulster way to Scarlets are you working for that? You I am yeah yeah that as uh, the Scarlet's last or weekend before last as well, and it's uh, it's it's miserable over there. It, that was where I went play my last uh, professional game. That finished me off, and I was sitting there in the stand, freezing cold, going, <laughs> "Oh, I forgot how much I hated this place." <laughs> so and then, you gotta go back. Yeah, I gotta go yeah. back. So um, Scarlet's and Ulster, it's as much of a, a banker for the home team as as any other game. Really, I think Ulster right. never went over there, and Scarlet's hardly ever win in Belfast. So. Um, Finger, fingers There's crossed. Old Irish yeah. attitude again, man. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Jesus. The humility, <laughs> defeatist humility. Uh, uh, so you think it's going to be a Scarlets win? Uh, it's win. tough. It's very, yeah, very tough. Tough place to go. Um, yeah, I think um, uh, it became a bit of an arm wrestle. Un- un- unusual for Scarlets to kind of be as direct and physical as they as they were that weekend. I think they'd maybe. Um, got a bit of a hard time in training having just got bullied a little bit by Edinburgh um, so they kind of bounced back and kind of proved the point uh, with their physicality so strangely if if it was dry Ulster could play a little bit more but obviously that's going <laughs> to that's going to benefit Scarlets as well so um, we'll, anyway we'll see yeah. um, what happens yeah and then 
Uh, Leinster, tough one over in the wreck uh, this weekend. It's going to be a huge game for them. Uh, I think that the, you know, they're going so well that we, we presume that they're coasting, I suppose. But the, the game, the loss to Toulouse um, over there, uh, will just kind of changes the, the, the goalposts a little bit that they really have to... I don't think it's going to upset the way they play or anything like that, but they, they really need to win this weekend. Yeah, um, I'd, be, I'd yeah. be surprised if they didn't get five points. Yeah, <laughs> to be you know, even with the, the amount of players they have to come back, having been rested this last weekend, um, it's going to be hard to see them not win. Munster at home to Casts on Sunday afternoon, again with their tails up, Munster at the moment, um, and with you know the, the likes of John Klein and CJ to come back in. and mm-hmm. um, I just, yeah, I think they've got a few... Uh, selection decisions to make there that might be a bit a bit tough but um, cast they're no, going to be no easy feat but French teams travelling to home park mm. history would tell us yeah that. yeah yeah should have it yeah I'd say so yeah yeah <laughs> go with that um, alright later this week we'll be releasing a bonus episode featuring Ireland's try scoring here against the All Blacks Jacob Stockdale Trimby, you were back at the old stomping ground in Belfast, Kingspan Stadium, Raven Hill, uh, and you caught up with young Jacob. Mm-hmm. A bit of crack. Yep. Cool. Here's a little taster. They rule the roof, them boys. Yeah. They, they call the shots. Yeah. <coughs> Pete, Pete, I'd say Pete, Bessie and Johnny are your three. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Top of the, top of the. Yeah, untouchables. Top of the pile, like, yeah. Untouchables. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the untouchables at Ulster? Probably myself. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, well, obviously, Bestie. Like, I mean, there's only one untouchable. Isn't yeah, there? really, realistically, yeah, he's he's had that top change room spot for. Yeah. Like, he literally created a system in the change room so that he'd stay. I know. He'd stay in his change room spot. I had more Ulster appearances than yeah. him. He was like, "How can we? Right, we'll make Ireland caps worth three. <laughs> yeah. So nobody can get anywhere near me. He like, created a formula. Yeah, he created a formula where he, he, his score was like. 800 uh-huh. and everybody else is like 90 yeah <laughs> yeah you know yeah. he had an absolute blinder didn't he he yeah. just wanted to be in the number one spot yeah and he was like we'll make lion caps worth five just to be safe as <laughs> yeah. well like, yeah. the system worked well for you actually you've shot up yeah I'm I'm like top 10 at the moment like yeah. I'm, I'm sitting I'm like that back wall because like. we keep retiring <laughs> me Tommy Chad Chad got halfway through the system and just went <laughs> <laughs> stop this I'm out of here okay cool uh, that'll be with you later in the week so don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to this or of course anyone that follows us on YouTube check out our videos there um, okay next up it's hashtag AskHOR we uh, put out a shout for Twitter questions using the hashtag AskHOR last night and here are some of your best questions uh, Keith Cal. With Jameson Gibson Park becoming Irish qualified at the start of 2019-2020 season, where does he rank among Irish scrum halves and could he be a bolter for the World Cup? I didn't know he was going to be Irish qualified. That's great. Oh, yeah. Mm. He, well, it's hard to know where he is. Him and Luke are kind of in and out a little bit and it's hard to know uh, a true reflection of kind of who's first choice because of the that weird rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... If if he, I mean, if he does manage to get first choice ahead of Luke routinely, then he's right up there. He's obviously with Marmion injured at the minute. He's not obviously not going to be injured all the way yeah. <laughs> through the next summer, but um, he, he could easily become second choice behind Murray. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of rugby to be played between now and then. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to to to, to jump him up there unless he gets a, a you know a chance if McGrath. You know, Touchwood doesn't get injured, but if he did, then Gibson Park will get the opportunity with Lens. So I think that's where it will come first. I'm a big fan of his. Um, again, we saw at the weekend he has this ability to to zip a, a big pass in the opposition 22 to mm. to a wing to to score. He did it a few times for James Lowe against Munster yeah. in the season. Uh, did it for Fardy on on Saturday, and uh, also did it for I think Carney as well on the wing. Um, He's got a serious eye for that. He's a bit of a baller as well. Yeah. He's, he's got a nice kicking skills and um, physical guy, but again, just shows you the depth we have at the moment. Yeah, so, <coughs> yeah I, I, I think so, Keith. Um, could be within the within the, the running. Um, Sean McGowan asks, would older generations, e.g. Raj, Bod, Strings, Dars, etc., have even got a sniff if they were starting out now? <laughs> He didn't give much chance there, did he? Even got a sniff. Um, yeah, I think that that 
makes it very clear what he thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think they would have got a sniff, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's pretty. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty outrageous to say that. Um, some of the best like players we've ever had wouldn't get a sniff at the moment. <laughs> um, your rugby's funny like that. How it, it's a different game, so it, yeah. it can move on. You can't compare though. Yeah, although. St- Stringer's only just finished. Finished last year, didn't he? I was actually calling early in the season when uh, when Munster had a little bit of a scrum half problem. I was saying, why don't we just bring back Stringer? Yeah, but he's let himself go. He's in shocking. <laughs> he's in shocking shape at the minute. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just needs to to work at his fitness, but uh, I'm sure his pass is still there. Um, but look, I think what what those lads achieved, um, especially Raj um, with Munster and. Uh, and you know, having come from you know monster playing to a few hundred people over in France or, or a few hundred people in Thorn Park to to winning two Heineken Cups yeah. and um, and going on to win, they wouldn't have had a sniff. They wouldn't, wouldn't have, have a sniff. sniff Draco being one of the best players in the world, etc. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, not to again, discourage any more questions. Yeah. Yes. No. But uh, yeah, Keep anyway. That is, that is better than last week's question, which was, who is Baz? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I think we cleared that up, didn't we? We did, yeah. Yeah, okay, thanks God. Um, yeah, but we're, we're very open to the most random questions you want, so keep, keep them coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you had one more there. Yeah, there was one from um, David Lau, um, and he asked uh, in a Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. I think he was, he was drawing on um, the... WWF reference from last week with the, the Phenom Undertaker. The Undertaker mm-hmm. and Paul and Bearer <laughs> Al Gore <laughs> Al Gore <laughs> yeah. yeah so he said in a Royal Rumble he draws in a few um, I think he, he he's I suppose he's complaining that there's not enough nicknames nowadays and mm-hmm. uh, so he said in a Royal Rumble who would win um, uh, Bambi that's you I think Bambi's me David mm-hmm. Wallace used to call me Bambi because yeah. I had skinny legs uh-huh. easy yeah. the, the junkyard Junkyard Dog, which is uh, Tyndall, very on point. Yeah, apparently that's Tyndall. Yeah, uh, dog. Always more. <clears throat> Marty Moore. No, uh, Haskell. Apparently. Okay. Because he always lifted more. Apparently, oh. I, that sounds like a, a self-proclaimed nickname. Nickname doesn't okay. it? it? Does anyway. terrible wrestler name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mushy. Mushy. Yeah. Mushy Buckley. Tony. It's like yeah. Uh, Rob Noxious. Very good. Yeah. Great wrestling name. Yeah. 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 Um, Rob Carney, obviously. Baby Giraffe. I feel like Rob Carney be almost like Razor Ramon. Do you remember <laughs> Razor Ramon? <laughs> yeah. Kind of perm little thing and maybe chewing on a little uh, toothpick. Uh-huh. Chico, eh, Chico. Bad guy? Yeah. He was a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. A boring, yeah. a boring bad guy. Boring bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, said it. Um, Baby Giraffe. Yeah. I think that's a reference to, I called uh, Kieran Treadwell. Baby giraffe, <laughs> he finished an unbelievable try on, on uh, Friday or Saturday there. Um, got an offload from McCluskey, but it, it hit off his knee. I saw that's forward. what I was talking about. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And he he, he went, he, he beat uh, all the other Cardiff defenders to the ball, yeah, went down it, and then just got up again, rolled a couple of times. So <laughs> it, it did look it, like a baby giraffe, yeah, it, it looked clumsy, but it, it was actually unbelievably good coordination. Yeah. He finished really well, anyway. Again, a poor enough wrestling name, but very good comparison. Baby Giraffe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's never going to make it in no, WWF. No, um, um, Felon Armitage. Right. So that's uh, obviously Dylan Armitage, but it's um, Felon because he often gets himself in trouble. Okay. I thought that was quite Felons. clever. Yeah. Um, Rikishi. Rikishi. Dave coin. Um, it's stink face. Yeah, Dave Kilcoyne's stink face. Is it true? <laughs> Dave Kilcoyne used to eat poos. Oh, no way. <laughs> I couldn't stand beside that. <laughs> he probably spread that himself. Uh, uh, no, apparently Rikishi is um, uh, Tad, Tad Furlong. Okay. Uh-huh. I could totally see him in a little red. I could see t- he just looks like a wrestler. Yeah. Tad Furlong, yeah. A sumo wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the scaffolder, which is Liam Williams. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. I actually know this guy. David, yeah. that's why I'm able to get yeah. a little bit insight into, okay. into what on earth he's talking about. Yeah. Well, look, I, I get right behind. If anyone wants to tell us what their uh, favourite rugby players turn wrestlers' uh-huh. names could be, then I'm... Yeah. yeah I th- I he he, he added, actually, in a 
uh, I, I was texting him to try and get get, um, get to grips with <laughs> yeah exactly the source of some of these and he was able to add that two of those have um, kicked my head in <laughs> as in your head in? yeah my head in who were they? Um, the scaffolder and fell in Armitage have both battered me on the pitch I punched you? yeah oh yeah I remember the scaffolder did yeah wow we'll We'll tell you more about that next, next Tune week. in. Next. Subscribe and tune in. Hey, next week. Yeah. <laughs> Previously on <laughs> Baz and Andrew. Oh, that's great. Uh-huh. No, that's great. All right. Well, um, keep those questions coming. And I've also had a few requests over the last few weeks. People coming to gigs and asking me, can they give shout outs? So I'm all about requests. I will say pretty much anything. So anyone that wants to give us requests or questions, the more random the better. Uh, one was for a man that I met on Saturday night who was playing for Kilfikel this weekend in the Challenge Cup against Bandon in the semi-final. His name was Chichi or Chachi, I believe. I think he could be the Colombian drug dealer of <laughs> Kilfikel or something like that. So uh, big shout out to Kilfikel. Best of luck at the weekend. And uh, right, everybody else, thanks for your comments, questions, and for listening and for watching us on YouTube. If you're enjoying the show, please do remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or a comment. A big, big thank you to everyone that was involved in making the show this week, to all our guests. We've had a great day. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Thanks for keeping us company. Party on, Baz. Party on, Andrew. (laughs) You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.